Hello and welcome to Design Untangled with me, Chris Mears, and with me once again this time around is Carla Lindarte. Hello. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm good. The second time we've recorded this because what happened, Carla? <laughs> because my <laughs> bloody laptop wasn't recording. I don't know why. It wasn't me. The button was disabled. Sorry. <laughs> this podcast is basically just a series of technical errors on our part in terms of recordings and mics and stuff. Yeah. Well, we should just do it more um, often, like together, face to face. But then when we do it, it's really windy and noisy. Well, I hope our listeners can still enjoy or at least um, not hate what we say. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So far, the comments haven't been too bad, but... Yeah. You wanted to do some plugs before we get started. Oh, yeah, because we always say it at the end. And then I thought, I think maybe people can't be bothered to listen to the end. So um, if you have any feedback for us or want to hear more about what we have to say or just want to shout and say something, do you hate Christmas music in the introduction of the of the podcast? Um, just follow us on at Design Untangled, um, and that's it. I'm just gonna leave it to that one because I think Twitter is where we're having the most um, ac- uh, active members saying stuff. Right now, we have new followers. Yeah, we're definitely picking up a big following of about twenty people on there. So come and join the party. <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing achievement. <laughs> Right, so we're talking about Agile um, today, not because we can't, we don't have anything else to talk about, but because we wanted to kind of follow up after the uh, amazing interview that Chris Mears did uh, for the last podcast. You don't need to use my surname, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why I always say Chris with Mears. <laughs> so you know? formal. I am very formal. I am very formal. I learned English in England, so that's why I'm very formal when I speak. <laughs> no, I didn't. But anyway. Um, yeah, so Agile 2.0. So we're going to talk about what's the, so what's the role of Agile in design and whether or not some, sometimes is, um, what, you know, what do you think about it? But if we think Agile is not the right methodology to do a design project, uh, we can still say that, you know, are there, at this moment, everyone talks about Agile and sprints and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes, I think, in my opinion, um, sometimes you don't need to go Agile if you needed to be more creative or explore more options. Because the, the pressure of Agile sometimes um, you know, pushes you to just ship stuff um, without really thinking about it really well. Um, I used to work with a guy who used to say that um, fast-moving shit is diarrhea. So basically... <laughs> You could go really, really, really fast, but it actually could be very shit when you're designing. So I don't know, sometimes a little bit of thinking time helps. Yeah, I think that's one of the big challenges UX designers and researchers have with working in the Agile framework. I mean, ultimately, it was invented to deliver software kind of before UX became much of a thing and UX has had to fit within that structure somewhat, uh, which I kind of spoke about on the interview last time. And the problem with that is you don't get a lot of time to think outside the box. So an e-commerce example might be, you know, the product page or whatever. And because you're working in a two-week sprint, you wouldn't have time to explore maybe 
do we even need a product page? Are there other ways that you could show product to people outside of that? It's kind of almost a done thing before you start that that's what you're going to do. And then you're just kind of trimming around the edges rather than really exploring the problem space. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a very good example. When you, you know, in e-commerce project, you can start with a product detail page, but then that could be your first item in the, the, in the, in the development plan which doesn't make any sense, right? So when we, I've actually experienced that in the past and when we did that, we actually changed it a little bit. So we started like planning with uh, obviously the BAs and the project managers around uh, templates or uh, chunks of features, you know, chunks of information. And then we moved away from that and started looking into journeys. So we even if it, it was a long journey, for example, in the shopping, in e-commerce um, context, it was... Um, Add to basket was one journey that we could tackle in one or two sprints. And it was mm-hmm. okay um, to do that because uh, we were going a little bit ahead from development. And that, that could be a solution as well, something that I call Wajal. So basically, just start design before development starts. So then you have a little bit of lead time to explore more options, to think about things in a journey uh, rather than a, an isolated template or feature yeah so we did touch on that when we were chatting in the park a little bit and clive calls it the the runway Mm. so it's basically identifying when you're kind of thinking about tackling a certain thing that you know adding to bag might be the end goal and you then kind of plan backwards from that what your research and design activities will be to kind of explore that space and get to a solution before it gets to the developers so that you're not kind of chasing your own tail to get them something to build you've had a bit of time beforehand because you knew it was coming up to do the necessary research and design you needed to do yeah exactly I mean another another uh big mistake that I see now that apart from the e-commerce example is that sometimes and I can say that from experience that sometimes we call things agile without really being agile so what I want to say is that sometimes we just uh, do a design-only uh, project where we say we do Agile because we use, um, you know, two-week sprints, but we're not really developing anything. Uh, we're just basically just prototyping and designing stuff. And I think there is value to go a little bit ahead, but I don't think that, you know, even if you go through an Agile process, to deliver a prototype at the end of the day this prototype which isn't built could be the the end the end product could be really bad if design ends there because it's basically being waterfall right if i just spend like three months building a proof of concept it's just an envision clickable prototype or an actual critical prototype and then hand it over to development so they can go and build it that is like that's basically what waterfall isn't it Yep, pretty much. It's really important that you're involved during that build process and that you have good relationships with your developers so you can fresh things out. They're always going to have a particular viewpoint on sort of feasibility of stuff and how much effort stuff is. And you just need to make sure that your design, the user needs aren't compromised by those compromises. And if they are, it's a discussion you need to have with your product owner. Yeah, exactly. So Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of um a lot of talk these days about agile and sprints, etc. But sometimes they don't really reflect what the actual methodology is. Um, 
Yes, I mean, I, I think you touched on very briefly on spikes on the yeah. interview that you did. Um, so I think it would be good to explain people what spikes are and how can they be used? Um, yeah, so a spike is a little piece of work which is outside of the main sort of delivery part of the sprint. So a development example might be I need to go away and figure out how to integrate PayPal or something like that. So it's not something they're delivering as part of that sprint that would be releasable codes or product. It's basically a research task, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, that gets estimated as well as a, you know, a piece of work that needs to be done, but there's no kind of actual code or product delivered at the end of it. Yeah, we've you used it as well in our teams to do, um, yeah, research pieces, if, even if it's with, um, you know, actual like customer research or um, a lot of competitor analysis, or we just build something very quickly to see if some kind of interaction can be done. So it could be from any nature. It's just uh, a little bit of time that allow us to explore a hypothesis that we have um, and, you know, to try to inform the, the, the development in the in the following sprints so that's quite good mm-hmm. um we use it all the time yeah i mean I, I, another way of another good best practice when you run an agile projects um um around research especially if you're having users involved or customer research is obviously try to do it every sprint if possible um if you and actually this is something that I was trying in a, one of the the mobile projects um, I was overseeing, um, it's just trying to do if you're gonna do lab testing, you can actually do for example in an hour you can do half an hour of usability testing of something that you are building or about to build, but you can also use the other half an hour to do some kind of what we call generative research. So some interviews or some, um, you know, concept testing, or sometimes we even put in front of users different types of taglines and copy to, to just to get people's thoughts. And the idea with that is to inform the following sprint. So we already have some insight from customers. So we don't use the sessions just to do usability testing, but also to, to kind of um, learn more about people's mental models to inform the following sprints. Yeah, that's a really good technique. And I think the other thing that we didn't really chat about in the interview is kind of reprioritizing stuff. So it could be that during some of that generative research or even the lab-based stuff, it kind of affects your view as a UX research team about how important stuff is. So something you kind of thought might be a minor thing, you know, we'll leave it till the end of the project actually becomes a lot more important and you need to shift that up as a greater priority against something else. So it's important to keep that in mind as well when you're doing these re- these pieces of research and feed that back to the team as well. Yeah, that is actually really, really important. I was listening to um, the podcast from, because uh, I also listen to other podcasts, not to ourselves. Oh, traitor. <laughs> it's the Design Better podcast, the Envision podcast. is really good, actually. I highly recommend it. Um, there's an interview with uh, Jake Knapp, who is the creator of um, the Sprint, you know, the, the book, the Sprint. Um, mm-hmm. And he talked about, uh, obviously, how, how he came about the idea of, of writing that book. Or, well, first of all, to create the methodology. So when you are um, in a big, big program, for example, or as you just mentioned, you realize that there's something 
that um, you still need to explore more or a new question that you weren't ready you know, to have answers for. Um, sometimes running a design sprint, if you have the right people, obviously, and if you have the commitment from the people, uh, the important decision makers, uh, running a design sprint is actually quite valuable because um, it could be, obviously, uh, it has to be outside of the development sprint if you're building something. But um, it could be a very good way of going very quickly through a series of hypotheses, des- deciding which one is the the potential solution and, and testing it with customers very quickly to kind of move forward into the sprint and feed that back into the development sprint. He actually said he created it because, um, and he actually called it a sprint. So he actually, it, it was more attractive for developers because of they obviously uh, following the agile methodology, but it was a way to get everyone together to come up with a uh, potential solution to a problem. So, of course, sometimes there are time limitations and, you know, people's limitations, but it's be good also to use that as another way of um, making sure you you have enough knowledge and en- enough insight to make decisions uh, on something that's going to be built. And I think that touches on probably one of the main benefits of Agile from my point of view. It's not shipping code it's more that you are bringing the team together and kind of sharing the knowledge, working on problems together, you know, so you're all moving forward with the same idea of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And in a waterfall world, it's pretty much one person writes the thing, they pass it over to the next thing and never speak again. And it just goes on like that. And no one's really taking ownership of the entire product. Mm-hmm. That is so true. I think that's one of the most powerful things, right? Because they're sort of organizing teams who, you know, who make decisions and uh, are part of the same team altogether. That's why I find it really hard when you have different like parties, you know, especially in a development pro- uh, project. Um, my experience is mainly on developing stuff, but um, if you get you know, a third party doing the research and a third party doing the design and another third party doing the development and then you have the client. I mean, yeah. it gets so bloody complex that unless we all kind of representing the same purpose, it could get really slow. Even if you go with two week sprints, you could go there for, for years, you know, because it's just it's <laughs> the complexity of it. Um, that sometimes like big clients have that kind of complexity. Yeah, one of the other problems I've found with Agile is because maybe I've just never worked in an organization that's just been Agile from the start, it seems that you spend 50% of the week talking about how you would do a particular thing in Agile rather than just doing it. (laughs) So (laughs) it's meetings about, okay, we want to do this, but how do we break that into stories? How do we put that in Jira? All this stuff. Whereas you could have just used that time to kind of done the task and move on. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of Agile talking in an Agile project. Everyone talks about yeah. Agile. <laughs> oh, how long should be the retrospectives? It's going to be, so we have a meeting to talk about how long the retrospectives should be. Oh, they shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that complex. I think you're right. I mean, a, a lot of organizations, especially when we work with big companies or the government as well, they're going to through that change, trying to adapt new ways of working which takes time um and it takes a lot of um also a lot of courage because they're used to you know uh one thing following after the other and then suddenly everything just mixed up and it's really hard to control so um i think that's why people talk about agile so much and i guess the dream state is that 
you don't even sort of realize that you're using agile anyway you're just working in a particular way and that's just how it is so that's kind of the the end goal probably but many places are not quite there yet unfortunately no they're not but well we'll get there i think more and more organizations are adopting it um and then and also sometimes if you just like um if you just need time and then and you i mean obviously you have to be in a more senior position or at least being able to influence the delivery plan but if you could just say look we just need a month or two weeks or three weeks to actually go deeper into this problem before we even start with this development or you know the sprints or whatever I think it's fine as well um I mean we don't have to be agile obsessed uh, which I think people especially designers are becoming like that because everyone talks about it we all need to do it sometimes it's okay just say look we don't have enough about enough information about this we need more time as a design team to explore more options to go deeper into customer needs etc so I think we I mean my point I'm trying to make is that you don't have to say oh yeah agile is the only answer because it's not even you know just don't be scared of asking that because from a project point of view there may well be stuff that can get brought forward for you know that maybe doesn't need that much design or research input to it that can be got on with whilst you explore that other area as well yeah definitely I mean back-end integrations could take a long time um maybe also more discovery from a tech side you know there's a lot of things that could happen uh you know the developers can start doing a lot of work um without just getting all the designs done very quickly i think what as a designer what we need to do more and more is just try to first evolve engineering in the design process as soon as quickly as you can um and second, just try to be uh, the representation of why design is important. Sometimes it's depending on the engineer, the engineer teams that you work with. Sometimes they they see design as a you know roadblocker, the the people who's going to slow down the process. Uh, but actually, I think more and more we all need to we have the responsibility to try to bring the value of design to them and get them involved, like invite them to the um you know user testing sessions that's something i started doing as well inviting everyone including bas and engineering teams to get into you know people needs and i think as design thinking methodology says what everything that we have in common like engineers uh, clients designers everyone everyone is working for a type of user or a number of users so the only thing that we have in common is the user so we should use that as designers to kind of bring everyone together and I think that's why it's so so valuable to keep doing research and and bringing our customers into the process. Yeah, it's a tricky it's a tricky one because everything about our job is trying to understand as much about the design problem and the user as possible, and everything about agile is about delivering stuff as often as possible. So there's a tension there. I've seen it work. I've seen it not work. Mm. Um, it's difficult to kind of pin down exactly why it went one way or the other sometimes you just get the right people in the right place at the right time and they just make it happen other times you know there's any number of different things that can cause things to go off track but yes yeah, by no means an easy feat so if you are in an agile project and you're finding it frustrating I'm sure you won't be the first person uh, but equally if you're in an agile project and it's working very well it'd be great to hear about your experiences mm. on Twitter 
or wherever else you want to get in contact and yeah be good to share those I think yeah that'd be really good uh, especially when you do agile projects then you have an offshore development team that's really hard as well but anyway yep. <laughs> there's a lot of agile painful agile projects happening um, currently but I'm sure you know I'm sure we're gonna get to the point where you know we have we get it sorted I think we're just still exploring and, and learning from it yep definitely right you got anything else no agile 2.0 no I think I've said what I wanted to say about agile uh shall I finish doing the plugs then yeah finish it to see if we could get more followers um this this way <laughs> won't be too let, difficult let's, really let's get to 22 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I can convince my mum and dad to follow us <laughs> oh yeah I'm gonna get my mum and dad to do it as well they want to go 24 already we're sorted <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. So, reminder of the Twitter, which is at Design Untangled. We've got a Facebook page as well now, which is also Design Untangled. Uh, website, can you guess what that is, Carla? Designuntangled.co.uk. Wow, you're listening. Okay. <laughs> um, and you can get in contact with us individually on Twitter as well. So, I'm Chris underscore Mears underscore UX. You're at Carla Lindarte. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn. Yes. And also. Yeah, we all love LinkedIn. You can always find out if someone's a good job candidate by how they treat the receptionist. Have you seen <laughs> that one on LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs> That's posted like every single day by <laughs> 50 different people. Um, yeah, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts as well because then you don't need reminding that new episodes are out. They'll just come straight to you. Yeah, we will come straight to you. Okay, that's it. So I'll see you in, is it two weeks? Yeah, two it weeks. two weeks, yeah. <laughs> see you in two weeks. All right, see ya. Bye-bye.